The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air. Yeah. And the screams from everywhere. Yeah. I'm addicted to the thrill. I'm ready. It's a dangerous Stop. love affair. Can't be scared when it goes down. Got a problem, tell me Stop. now. Only thing that's on my mind is who goes this town tonight. Welcome to Call Me the Sports Talk. Tuesday morning. What day is it today? Tuesday. Tuesday. I checked. Alex Clancy, Deborah Debris in studio, Phoenix, Arizona. Kwame should be calling in a little bit later. He's got some stuff going on. Uh, We have a lot to talk about today. Uh, We will continue our coverage of the Super Bowl. Um, Throw some numbers at you, see if we can um, deduce what exactly they mean uh, in a projection status with uh, the Super Bowl looming on Sunday. We'll talk a little weather. We'll talk... You know, if if it's the right thing for them to be playing in a cold weather stadium, uh, we touched on it a little bit yesterday. Kwame and myself did, uh, but we'll we'll continue that conversation. Pete Carroll voted the coach that players most want to play for. Twenty three percent of the vote. We'll talk about that a little bit as well, and we'll talk uh, hiring by the Cowboys Scott Linehan to be the offensive play caller, not the offensive coordinator, because Bill Callahan's the offensive coordinator, but the offensive play caller, and um, we'll kind of try and dive in to see what in God's green earth that means. Uh, Deborah, how's everything been? It's been great. Spoke uh, at another camp this weekend to uh, punchers and snappers the week before it was the kickers, and great group group of guys. Uh, We sat out in the lobby afterwards and talked for uh, probably an hour and a half about the mental and emotional side of the game, so it was a lot of fun. Good stuff. Uh, Don't forget, subscribe to us on iTunes. Just search Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk and subscribe. It's under podcasts. It's all of our archived uh, past um, shows. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner at Deborah underscore Debris for Deborah and at Kwame Lasseter um, for Kwame. I- I'm working on the new fan page for Facebook, so uh, we'll be sure to check that out as well. Uh, it should be up uh, by the latest on Friday. So we have some some things moving here. We might have a couple guests later on this week on Thursday and Friday. We're trying to lock those down now. So trying to move onward and upward here for Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. Uh, first off, Super Bowl, it's what any and everybody is talking about, Denver Broncos, Seattle Seahawks. Number one offense in Denver, number one defense in Seattle. The weather is probably the biggest star uh, of this weekend thus far. Luckily, it's a far cry from uh, deer antler extract that we had last year with Ray Lewis. Um, it, it begs the question, and it's been talked about uh, ad nauseum at this point, is, is it good for the game to play, be played in a cold weather place? 30s uh, around kickoff is the is the projected temperature. Uh, I'm sure it'll dip down below that because the game, I believe, kicks off at 6.30 Eastern time. Uh, there's 20% chance of rain slash snow depending on the depending on the actual degree. Um, I'm not sure. You know, it's it, obviously cold weather uh, lends better towards defense and running games, which would obviously be Seattle's strong suit. Um, and warm weather, obviously, for passing game and being able to spread out, run a West Coast offense or whatever, whatever offense you've instilled. 
I'm not sure if, if it'll be that big of a deal. Uh, Peyton Manning is he's the best quarterback in the game, at least this year, and he best regular season quarterback of all time, as I've said a few times. Um, I'm just not sure if he'll be able to overcome the 20-degree weather, 30-degree weather, to you know spearhead this prolific, the most prolific offense of all time, um, to put up a lot of points and, and beat the number one ranked defense. He's only given up a little over 14 points a game. Yeah, and personally, I'd love to have them in a more controlled environment just to be able to see the best of uh, both teams going head-to-head. Um, you look at, you know, whether it's the cold, whether it's snow, and then you add potential of wind coming in, too, and the wind can take away um, part of the game as well because, you know, I'm, I'm hearing, you know, quarterbacks that uh, are hesitant to throw to the outside because, you know, if it's a windy situation, which takes away part of the game and takes away part of the fun and uh, the fan experience as well as the uh, ability of the players to be at their best. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, Say there is sixty thousand fans, sixty thousand seats at, at, in East Rutherford. I mean, how many of them are really fans of the game, uh, fans of a specific team? I mean, ten yes. or fifteen thousand each. Yeah, I and mean, that's true because of who ends up uh, being able to get tickets. Right. Yeah. I mean, celebrities, just people that want to say they went to a Super Bowl. Um, media people, even though not all of them, some of them will be sitting in the in the uh, heated press boxes mm-hmm. and and yeah. luxury boxes. Or in trailers outside in the parking lot. Yeah, right. I mean, there's. I don't see, especially because it's so far away from from both teams' uh, cities, that taking the trip over there to sit in the cold instead of just sitting in uh, on your couch or outside. uh, grilling well, and stuff might might be a little bit more conducive to, to watching the game in a comfortable environment. Well, and that's the thing. You look at uh, people going into the stadium or paying anywhere from about eight hundred to five thousand dollars a ticket with sixty sixty five thousand people. You've got to show up two to three hours before the game just to get through the security lines, and you've got a four hour game ish because of the thirty five minute halftime. So there's a lot of factors in here that can uh, really disrupt the experience of a fan showing up. Then you've got the people in the parking lot. I know when I was in Dallas for the Super Bowl, to even get into the parking lot was a huge deal. And then this morning on the way in, I heard that not only are we scalping tickets for the game, we're scalping tickets to get into the parking lot. Yeah. So and, and I believe there's no tailgating allowed during the Super Bowl. I, I believe I heard that. They put um, up a lot of big screens and stuff. So, you know, typically, I don't know what they're going to do here. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, so back to the game, number one defense versus number one offense. This hasn't happened, I don't believe, since uh, since Oakland and Tampa Bay, which uh, Tampa Bay won their Super Bowl there. Normally, you would think that with all of the information given with these matchups, that the defense usually prevails, especially in in – in games with with this type of magnitude, playoffs, and then obviously the Super Bowl with the most magnitude. Um, I'm not sure if that's necessarily going to be the case. I did pick Seattle yesterday, and I uh, reserved the right to change my pick by Friday, <laughs> so I will have my official pick on Friday. Um, yeah, well, you know, I, I, mean, I, I haven't crunched all the numbers yet. I, I did look at uh, points scored per game for each team. The most points given up, by Seattle because their defense, so I looked at that first, was 34 points. Denver scored 34 or more points in 12 games this year. 12 out of 16, which is, I mean, it's an astronomical number. These numbers aren't, (laughs) this doesn't happen in the NFL from top to bottom. Teams get hot for a couple game stretches, but they've been consistently ruthless on the offensive side of the football. So that is, you have a huge polar opposite between offense and defense. You do, and Seattle is... 
giving up 14 points a game, 14.4. Denver has only given up 14 points or less twice this year, and it was against Houston and Oakland the last two games of the year. So I'm assuming those two teams uh, weren't quote-unquote tanking per se, but uh, they weren't not either. So I mean, I, I don't think that that really pulls a lot of weight with regards to Denver's defense. So, I mean, it, the numbers ring true. The numbers are... We don't know. It's 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 a major. It, I mean, it's a tug of war right now. Obviously, there's a lot of build up to the Super Bowl, and and I hope the game uh, is is executed in a way that everybody can enjoy it. And and I don't see how it can't with the defensive minded Pete Carroll and maybe one of the best defenses of all time uh, in a single season with Seattle's defense and their big big uh, defensive backs and. Peyton Manning, who could potentially go down as the best quarterback ever, um, if he wins this, he's definitely in the ballpark. He's not. He's outside tailgating right now. Well, and this is one of those few Super Bowls that I can remember where people are indecisive. They they kind of know who they think is going to win, but they there's also that feeling of you know I'd really like Peyton Manning to win because he deserves it. He's worked hard. He's a great quarterback. And then there's you know Seattle, who's you know got a great secondary. Um, certainly has um, busted their butt to get to where they are. You know, you look at the the secondary with the height, the speed, the the size that they have overall is amazing. And, you know, what are they going to do to Peyton Manning? Are they going to be able to hold their defensive line long enough until those last few seconds and then make their switch-ups as to what they're really going to run so it really confuses Peyton Manning because he's such an artful quarterback uh, and good at making those last-minute decisions. Any kryptonite for a pocket-passing quarterback that is pretty much immobile are edge rushers. Mm-hmm. And Seattle has the two, be- two of the best edge rushers in the game. Right. So with that, it, we're going to see if Peyton Manning's 340 yards per game will stand up or if Seattle's 170-yard pass defense, mm-hmm. exactly half of Peyton Manning's uh, uh, regular season average, uh, will prevail. Uh, you know, it, and we can go back and forth and back and forth. Marshawn Lynch versus Noshawn Moreno. Obviously, the receiving core is eons better on on uh, wearing Denver uniform than Seattle. Um, Percy Harvin, who knows? I mean, he could have 12 catches, 200 yards, and two touchdowns, be the NFL, uh, the Super Bowl MVP. We don't know. We don't know what's going to happen with him. He needs to stay on the field. It, it's been difficult, at, at least, for him to do that. He had it, seemingly two concussions in one game the last time he played, and he played you know 10 or 12 plays. So because of his his skill set and his his balls-to-the-wall playing uh, style, it doesn't really yield him to stay on the field for that long. Well, so he, he, I mean, he, my, my, my thoughts would be that he's going to be a non-factor, but him being on the field alone, it's like when Gronk came back in New England, I understand it was the regular season, but his presence there just opened it up for everything else. And I think the benefactor of that will be Zach Miller, the tight end, who's had huge games in playoffs and in big games for Seattle over the past couple of years, and obviously Marshawn Lynch. He's the best between the tackles rusher over the last three years, and people think it's Adrian Peterson, but it's him. He's so, I mean, he, he's a brick house. He's beast mode. I mean, he's he's hopped up on Skittles, and and he just, I mean, he does not. He's not stopped. His his tackles for losses are at a minimum, uh, at a minimum, and he he can run over anybody. And it's uh, it's, and again, going back to Percy Arvin, with Percy Arvin on the field, it allows. The it, it it makes the defense the linebacking core um, be honest, you know, and 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 it, it'll allow Marshawn Lynch, in my opinion, to run wild if Percy Harvin stays healthy throughout the game. Well, and then you look at Peyton Manning. I mean, he's got twelve years 
on um, Seattle. You know, he's 12 years older. And we go back to that same discussion we've had in the past. Is the maturity and the age in the game more important than the young buck coming up who's hungry, you know, super hungry? Hungry and ignorant of the <laughs> the magnitude of this game. Yeah. You know, and, and I don't know if that's necessarily true. That's not taking away from any of the guys because, I mean – it's been documented that nobody on the Seattle team right now has been to a Super Bowl, and they can work for them. Yeah, or I mean, them. and it yeah. could just be—I mean, who knows? I mean, w- with the running game, Marshawn Lynch doesn't fumble the ball much. Uh, he did against San Francisco, but it ended up becoming a moot point. Um, well, I, I think that Russell Wilson is going to be the one. He's been mature beyond his years ever since he stepped foot uh, on, uh, on an NFL field. Especially, you know, beating out Matt Flynn, being a third-round pick, uh, people thinking he's undersized, transferred from NC State to uh, to Wisconsin. Like any, a lot of people that have been through what he's been through would have folded, and he's just been. Yeah, he's I, I hate when people say this, and I brothers, calm, cool, and collected. I hate mm. that. I hate. I can't stand it. But I, I wanted to say it as a joke, you know, as being ironic. Um, <laughs> I, I I do believe that that he will maintain that composure. But when you're nervous, balls tend to sail on you. You know, you you tend to throw the ball high. And I understand that the secondary is not great for Denver, but they're not awful. They're middle. They're middle rung. They were fantastic at the beginning of the year. And um, Champ Bailey, you know, he's he's a, the ancient warrior, ageless warrior. He, he, I mean, he looks great. He's still healthy, and he's had experience. So I think him just being on the field with that with that with that secondary. Will will yield great dividends for them. So I, I mean, this is going to be a bend and don't break game, and, uh, and and we'll see who wins. Yeah, and it'll be <laughs> curious to see uh, you know who settles into their game the quickest in the beginning. You know, it doesn't mean that that fourth quarter isn't going to blow it all open anyway. But it'll be curious to see who has you know whether it's Peyton Manning with his maturity in that and being in bigger games and stuff and having been to the Super Bowl that you know will he settle in quicker and start dominating or will Seattle just you know, start running and gunning and take it over. Yeah. Uh, on the other side of the break, we'll talk Pete Carroll being voted the most likable or the the coach that players would most like to play for, uh, as well as little Dallas Cowboys. We'll talk some Phoenix Suns uh, in the third segment and uh, probably when we'll do Down and Dirty with Deborah in the fourth. Alex Clancy, Deborah Debris in studio, Cormac Lasseter Sports Talk, Voice America Radio. We'll be right back. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Hi, I'm Joe Swedish, CEO of WellPoint. We proudly support the March of Dimes and all they do to reduce the rate of premature birth in the United States. Though premature births have recently declined, still half a million babies are born too soon each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs that help moms and their babies live healthier lives. Please visit MarchofDimes.com and join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. 
You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Welcome back to Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. Alex Clancy, Deborah Debris in studio. We've been talking Super Bowl six days away, five days away. I'm excited. It's going to be good. Um, Denver Broncos, number one offense. Seattle Seahawks, number one defense. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. This this is a pick'em game, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of people in Vegas will not be betting on this game, they, at least not on the score on the uh, on the point line. Um, one thing that that I've been thinking about that I, I know this is kind of a Debbie Downer stance, but careful there. I don't. Oh, uh, whatever. It's it's not Deborah Downer. Don't make <laughs> me Saturday don't make me feel it. Don't make me feel it. Mm-hmm. Um, there were no underdogs this year. You know, and, and you know it's 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 weird. It's weird to think that the the four potentially four best teams in the in the uh, NFL made it to the their respective championship games. There was no Cinderella story. You know, like the Ravens last year had to win a lot of games towards the end of the year, and then they just ran through the playoffs. They beat Denver. They beat New England. Um, great Super Bowl. I, I like if. I, there was no monkey wrench. It, it happened every, the, exactly the way it was supposed to. And I can't help but think that maybe that's why Roger Goodell, one of the reasons why Roger Goodell wants to add another wild card team, mm. just because every game is so physically strenuous, so violent, so everything that he wants to leave more to chance, wants to leave more to the team that does get hot. Like the Chargers got hot at the end of this year. Cardinals got hot. Right. Yeah. And... I feel like there's so many good teams now. Um, there, there are. I think I feel like there are better, more good teams than there are bad teams, and that's that's great. That's what you want. Uh, there's not as much parity as in maybe. I mean, the NBA obviously is going through the the rigmarole of this right now with just really really bad franchises. The NFL has done a really good job at at you know just the teams are better, and I maybe that has to do with uh, players being ready. Sooner coming out of college, maybe them getting a chance to play position uh, position players get a chance right out of college. I'm not sure, but I do believe that adding another a wild card team would probably be a good thing. You get more football, you know, and it's it's not always fun when the best teams always win, you know. And it, and I'm not taking away from Peyton Manning, even though I have said that I would always love to have the conversation about you know Eli Manning having two Super Bowls and Peyton only having one. Like I would love to continue to have that conversation. I I just don't. I I'm I'm bored. 
I mean, I'm bored. This is going to be a fantastic Super Bowl. This is going to be the best one in a long time on paper. Um, but if Denver goes up two touchdowns, Seattle's not a comeback team. And yeah. I, I just don't know. Well, maybe. I mean, I, I just don't. I, like, I just wish that there was a little bit more parity in the playoffs than there was. And I think that Roger Goodell definitely looked at that, in my opinion, and which might yield him to, to add another. Well, plus they were, you know, they've been looking to add more games to the season, and all of that was voted down. So this is another way to get the players to play more, to get more games, to give the sponsorships more opportunities to have games on ESPN and some of the other channels, so that uh, everybody feels they're getting their money's worth. Um, so there's there's a lot to it, and most people that I've heard talk to are for it. They like the idea. Yeah, I, I mean, and obviously this year being Cardinals fans here, that obviously yeah, it would have been a good thing. <laughs> Um, but it also allows teams to make more mistakes during the regular season and get away with it. I mean, there's not you're not going to get three teams with ten wins in a division every year. You know, Seattle. I, the NFC West played an easy sister division this year in the AFC South. I mean, Indianapolis was the only team that was that was worth worth their weight in gold. I mean, Tennessee, Jacksonville, Houston were awful. Well, that's the thing, getting to you know, half point in the season and going, you know, well, we've lost enough games that there's no way we're ever going to make it. We're not going to make up that much uh, you know, in the last part of the season. Now with a wild card game, they can go, you know, if we go balls to the walls and win the last several games, you know, we could, ha- we could have one of well, those I mean, chances. It, but on the other side, that happened this year with the Chargers. They were 5-7. and seven. They were 5-7, and seven, and Denver and Kansas City, I think, had three losses combined. And the Chargers still made the playoffs. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously they needed to go perfect, perfect with the losses from other, for other teams in Week 16 and 17. So that, that is definitely an argument on the, on the side of keeping it the way it is. Um, I just love football. I mean, that's <laughs> what it is. I think a poll was taken uh, this past weekend, and I think that uh, uh, for the major sports in the United States, it was either 35 or 38% of people picked the NFL as – as their favorite sport, and that's a huge margin. That's a huge number. And I heard that when the poll started, Major League Baseball was only two percentage points behind the NFL. So it's obviously, I mean, it's grown and grown and grown. The love for the sport, and say what you want. And I know, and I know, Kwame is is very particular about what he says about the NFL with positive things with the with the people upstairs. But they've marketed this game amazingly well. I mean, people that didn't like sports watch football. You know, it doesn't matter what game it is. The Monday Night Football games this year were awful. Some of them were terrible. Thursday Night games even worse. But the ratings were always there because it's football on an, on an extra day. Well, how much do you think that's due to not only the game itself, but also the levels of sponsorships, the amount of commercials, the amount of you know gear that people buy and they want to be affiliated in some way, shape, or form with NFL or a particular team? Um, you know, I see the level of sponsorship has jumped up. You know, the people that are getting into a, a Jay Z, you know, type of thing, um, that's maybe opened up the the awareness to a lot more people than what it was before, and yeah. made it more more cool to be uh, rooting for a team in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, and a lot of teams are better this year than right. they than they used to be in, in recent history. And uh, the, so it's got to help when when your quote unquote team that you haven't watched in years is winning. It's easy to pull out that jersey, dust off the. You know, dust off the cobwebs and wear it and, and become a football well, you fan. You go again. to the grocery store with the Cardinals jersey on, you get so much off your 10% groceries. Off you <laughs> yeah, I heard those commercials. Well, and the thing, too, is, uh, you know, the amount of uh, female viewership has gone way up where it's almost, uh, um, almost the same as the male yeah. viewership. So that helps. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, it'll be interesting to see what they do with the wild card positioning and 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 adding or, or adding of teams or, or keeping the same. I'm not sure. I mean, I'm not sure if it'll be better or worse for for the uh, for the league as a whole. Um, but it'll be more football. So I mean, obviously, right off the bat, that seems like a positive positive step forward. Plus, you look at the social media aspect of it with everybody on Twitter, Facebook, or whatever, that if you're not able to talk or make some comments on it when you go to the office on Monday, um, then, you know, you're not, you're not part of the cool group. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Pete Carroll voted the, pl- the coach that most players would like to play for. 320 random players were polled. He had 22.7% of the total vote. Um, you know, and it's interesting. And this really – this intrigued me because people have said 22.5% of the vote. Um, people have been saying that the games are getting softer. You know, you're scared to get fined $25,000, for a hit on a defenseless receiver, uh, concussion awareness, aftermath awareness by, all, by, the, you know, by the players that have retired that now can't walk, have medical bills through the roof, you know, the huge lawsuit slash – Pending settlement that might jump up from seven sixty five to uh, what it initially was supposed to be around two billion. About two billion, yeah. Uh, and Pete Carroll is looked at as a quote unquote not soft, but he's a fun coach. He's a he's a t ball coach, comparatively speaking to some of these guys in the NFL. Like Greg Schiano was one that came onto the scene and started yelling at people coming right out of college, and you know uh, Bill Belichick and uh, people throughout history. I mean, look at John Gruden. Uh, Bill Cower, guys that aren't in the league anymore that don't want to come back, seemingly, because coaching styles are different now. Lovey Smith, very soft-spoken, made it to a Super Bowl. Mike Tomlin won a Super Bowl, soft-spoken, seemingly. Uh, and this is all this is all uh, materialistic or, or in the forefront of what we see. We don't see anything in the locker rooms, I understand that. But you see Pete Carroll's jovial nature on the sidelines during a game when, in fact, most coaches will be very stoic and... And exude confidence and exude authority when you know, especially when things are going poorly. But Pete Carroll was—he was interviewed and he pretty much just said, "Yes, I like to have fun. We have such a tight knit group that if I'm calling out a player, I will call him out in front of the whole team. I will not degrade him. I will not demean him. I will not make him run laps. It's but it's it, it's more of a teaching aspect. Just because these men have been in the league for however many years doesn't mean that they can't learn." And they, they don't want to learn that they can't get better things in that regard. And Pete Carroll does it in a way that that is pretty progressive, comparatively speaking, to history. Well, and I think part of it too, if you look at the uh, you know the guys that are coming up through college now, obviously they're they've been raised differently. So they've been raised in an environment where the screaming, yelling, pounding fists on the table, you know that may have been uh, the way in the past is not acceptable. It scares the hell out of them. They don't know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of, the, some of the coaches in high school, college, even <laughs> Pop Warner are still like that, but there's fewer and fewer. So I think the, the guys coming out of college and, um, are going to respond much more to a Pete Carroll style. Yeah, and, and I'm not necessarily sure. I mean, it's fine because he's winning. If he wasn't in the Super Bowl, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if the – if the uh, vote would be skewed, would be the same. Yeah. yeah, I mean he has arguably the best defense in a single season in NFL history, and and I and I read a poll that with all of the new like sabermetricy type of things, uh, you know, quarterback rating and and things of that regard, they are since 1970 the number one rated defense, which is interesting. You know, I mean, I'm not sure it, it means anything really. Um, 
If you don't win a Super Bowl, it doesn't mean jack. Right. So when it comes down to it. <laughs> Good but, stats on paper, but you can't do it on the field. Right. Well, <laughs> but you can't, I guess you you can't do it in the last game. Yeah, yeah. the last yeah. Um, and it's interesting. So Pete Carroll was 22 and a half. Mike Tomlin was second with 13.8%. And it goes down the list. Bill Belichick, 6.9. Sean Payton, 6.6. If they were in the playoffs or in the Super Bowl this year, I feel like his number would have skyrocketed. I'm not sure if it had anything to do with Bounty Gate because he was the head of Bounty Gate. But that was... The, like he was technically the head because he was the head coach. John Harbaugh, 3.1%. Jim Harbaugh, 5%. And I just, be, I just believe because his team's so good that, I mean, he looks like... Uh, he, he, I'm sure people have a lot of choice words about Jim Harbaugh, about his in-your-face attitude. He's the antithesis of Pete Carroll. He is. And, Definitely. And, and it's... And my question, ahead. too, is uh, who's doing the voting? Because um, it could be skewed based on who's doing the voting. You know, what teams, how do they pick the players? You know, what happens in order to get this this supposedly um, group of people voting on these coaches? And, you know, whoever's doing the voting can skew it considerably. Absolutely. Uh, we got to take a break. On the other side, I want to finish talking about this. We'll talk about the Dallas Cowboys. I want to take a little break from the Super Bowl. They, they hire Scott Linehan to be their Play calling coordinator. This is another Jerry Jones. <laughs> oh boy, uh, Alex Clancy. Um, Kwame Lassie, you're not. Kwame. I am. I do. Alex I look, Clancy, we look a lot alike, so <laughs> I can Clancy, understand. Yeah. Debra in Studio Voice America Radio. Kwame Lassie, Sports Talk. We'll be back in a couple. Your internet flagship station for sports. Sports. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you? It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Now some of you might still be in that place. If you're trying to get out, just follow me. Welcome back to Kwame Lester Sports Talk. Alex Clancy, Debra Debris in studio. Football-heavy show today. We've talked Seattle. We've talked Denver. We've talked Super Bowl as a whole. Uh, really quick, we're going to get into Down and Dirty with Debra, but I do want to talk about the weather really quickly. Um, again, it's supposed to be between 25-30 degrees, 20% precipitation, depending on the weather. That could be rain or snow. 
I want you to give me one upside and one downside to playing in cold weather. I think you already gave me the downside. Let's give me well, an upside. Well, the upside is it's football. And football so historically it. has been played in, you know, outside stadiums, cold weather. That's how it was originally uh, originally started rather than the indoors. Let's make it comfortable for everybody. So. Now, say say it was the New York Giants or the Green Bay Packers playing Seattle. Mm-hmm. Uh there could definitely be a benefit to that because they'd be used to playing in the cold and they're used to their bodies being slammed against that cold ground more so than somebody that plays in the warm weather. They go into that cold environment and it hurts a lot more. Do you think, and I asked Cormie this yesterday and, and he disagreed with me, do you think it's an unfair advantage to always play in warm weather for teams that play half their games in cold weather, or say four to six games, six home games a year where it's cold, you've learned how to play in that weather. Do you think it's a cop out to always play in warm weather? Say you're playing a, a dome team or the San Diego Chargers in the Super Bowl, and you're playing in Tampa Bay. Yeah, no, I get it. Where it's, I mean, where it's, yes, I understand that's would yield the best football being played. It allows all of the all of the uh, players to play at their utmost potential because you don't have to worry about the cold. But because you train and do all these things in cold weather, Cleveland Browns, uh, Green Bay, <laughs> you know teams like that, you you should be rewarded for that. I mean, obviously, take free agency away where you choose to go there. If you get drafted by them, it's. I feel like they should be playing in cold weather more. I understand. I'm never gonna. I'm probably never gonna go to a Super Bowl. Like I understand that. Right. I just feel like it should be luck of the draw. It should be cold weather. And they're talking about Minnesota. They're gonna Minnesota is gonna be playing at University of Minnesota for the next two years. They're gonna try and and uh, bid on the 2018 Super Bowl with their new stadium that's gonna be outdoors. Right. So I, I think that this might become not necessarily a trend, but speckled in and out of Super Bowl. Uh, uh, placements will be cold weather places. I just feel well, like it's the best team can play anywhere. That's what it should be. You don't have to play in optimal position, posi- uh, conditions. To- you. Yeah, no, I, I get there. it. Yeah, <laughs> no, I get it. And I think no matter who, no matter how it's set up, it can always could always potentially be an advantage or a disadvantage to a team. I know some of my players when they've been used to playing in a certain type of weather and they're getting ready for a game. Um, an away game where it's going to be a different type of weather, whether it's an indoor stadium from cold or vice versa, is they start training that week where they're they're in conditions that they're used to playing in. So they might go outside, be in the heavy, heavy heat, and work out and, you know, sweating outside, weights on and, you know, that type of thing, or put themselves in a cold weather type situation so they can train in that weather. You're right. Players should be able to play any place because they're going to travel. You never know what the conditions are going to be, rain, snow, heat, whatever that might be. Um, I don't know. I mean, personally, I would. I'm a Chicago girl. You know, I'm used to sitting outside. You know, watching football mm-hmm. games, and yet, for I just feel that this type of game, Super Bowl game, should be played in a controlled environment. I, I mean, yes. I mean that that is. That's what people think. I mean, that's what I think. I mean that that's. But then I started thinking about it, and I'm just like, why? Mm. Why does it always have to be this game is becoming this game is changing by the second seemingly it's oh, yeah, changing and changing yeah. and changing so why wouldn't this just be thrown into the mix progression is always questioned change is always questioned so just because 
you were lucky enough to live in San Diego or Miami and play a game as your as your as your career and get paid handsomely for it. Why does that mean that you can't adapt the other way? Why can't you adapt to cold? All you do is adapt when you're on the field, but second by second, why? But it's, but it's these guys are well-oiled machines. They're trained athletes. Why? Does it dipping down 30 degrees with a little stuff a, coming out of the air have but anything it's the same, to do with same way as a player going to an away game. Why do a lot of players, they go to an away game and they don't play as well? They still have the same skill. They still have the same talent. But the away game is because there's something different about it. And because of that, mentally and emotionally, they have some difficult. not all players, but they can have some difficulty adjusting. So when you take a, an environment that's different than the environment that they're used to being in, and all of a sudden they have to, are supposed to be able to adjust, not all of them can because it's something new and different. It's something that may be unwanted in their own, you know, mental and emotional aspect of things. And anytime we go into an unwanted situation or a situation that we're not used to, then the mind goes, eh, don't know if I like this quite so well. And even if they can, you know, might state, yeah, this is cool. I can do it. Not a problem. That little movie running in the back of their head is going, eh, no, not so much. Are you really the best team if you can't play in any weather condition? Should you be able to? Absolutely. But that also means that you should be able to train physically and also have your technique right and also have your mental and emotional conditioning strong. If you have all three of those elements, you should be able to play any place, any time, and it won't matter. But not everybody works on all three of those elements in their game. Well, does that make them weaker? It makes them not as... It makes... Yes. Period. Yeah? Yeah. Period. Okay. Because when the mind... When you're under an emotional stress... I mean, it, relatively it weaker. Well, I no, mean, it, in, it physiologically weakens your body when you are under stress. I, period. Science. So then... They can't think as straight. Their body is weakened. They lose their flexibility. I mean, you know, everything is thrown off in their game. That's why some some players can practice well and they don't play well. Or you get college guys that come up into the NFL and all of a sudden it's an unknown situation. They figure out they're a commodity instead of the big guy on campus. They get into a situation where they're highly stressed and they don't play as well. Do you think that a 10-6 and record in cold weather is better than a 13-3 record in warm weather if they play the exact same teams? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, if you say that, it's, if you say it's more difficult to, to be mentally tough to do all those things, then obviously there has to be some sort of bell curve to to determine to determine if if it's it is tougher. If you can execute things it, with with the uh, with weather as with weather as an issue and not playing 80 degree weather in the sun all the time. I mean, it's there's got to be okay. My point is... Ask a different question because the question isn't making sense to Okay, me. thank you. I appreciate that. Um, my final question is going to be, do you think, after all the things we've said, do you think that Roger Goodell will abstain from putting this in a cold weather city again? Like, do you think no, that... No, absolutely not. So you think that he will do it again? Absolutely. The, okay. He almost has to because you've got to be fair to all the different cities. And oftentimes it'll go to a city that's, you know, invested a lot of money in a brand new stadium so that they can have bigger crowds and, you know, those type of things. You know, I heard somebody suggest it ought to go to, um, you know, the the last team that won the Super Bowl it should go to their city. That's interesting. Yeah. It's a different concept. 
Yeah, I don't know, but, but, it's, but it's not like the, years it, in advance for it. It's once not they like get it. the NBA All Star Game where it goes to a different city every year. It's just an All Star. Like it's it, not. It, well, yeah, it, it's a spectacle unlike anything else. Yeah. So okay, uh, down and dirty with Deborah. Mm-hmm. All right. So this is basically an open letter to the guys that are the you know players in the Super Bowl. And I look back and say, you know, since little boys, you know, you've been really imagining this. You know, you've probably had jerseys on your walls, you've had posters on your walls of some of your favorite players, and you've been thinking about and imagining, you know, someday this is going to be me. And now all of a sudden, it is you. You know, you're in one of the greatest games of all time, and you're just thinking, you know, there's a possibility of thinking about what could go wrong. And the reality is, it's a football game. Yes, high level, stakes are there. And it's a football game. It's what you do day in and day out. You've got the technical skills. You've got the talent. You have some of the best equipment. And you have a massive desire to win. It's one hour of football. That's it. So when your mind is racing and you feel like you're under pressure, you've got to be able to realize that even though this lifelong dream is on, a li- is on the line, that, that this is simply a game a game that you need to play like you've played every other game and to realize that you've earned this. You've played hard. You've conditioned your body and your mind and your technique in order to play at this high level. When you've got crowds in the lobby that are after you, you're in media day to day. They're asking you stupid questions and serious questions. You've got family and friends that are pestering the heck out of you wanting tickets. You've got to ignore the distractions. This is a time to focus like you've never focused before. And to be able to play at your absolute best. Because the bottom line, you want that ring on your finger and you want the trophy in the locker room. So five things that I would suggest that you do in order to make sure that you stay focused and ensure that you're at your very best is really when we come up on Thursday, you go right back to your normal routine. Make sure that you do everything that you would typically do on any other game day or leading up to the game day. Our minds become really comfortable with routines. They like routines and they trust routines. So by repeating your normal pregame routine, it will ease you into being able to play at your best and be less stressed on game day. Second thing is don't obsess over the game. In fact, just the opposite. Rather than obsessing over the game, start to remember everything that got you here. Go back to one of the times and imagine when you played at your absolute best. Remember the sounds, the smells, the colors, how you felt when you were so successful and be able to bring that into how you're feeling right here, right now, and know again that you've earned this. Focus on the fact that you're here for a reason and it's because you are massively talented and you belong there. The third thing is when you're running through the tunnel and out on the field and you're standing there for the national anthem and you're looking around and thinking, holy crap, I finally made it. You can't necessarily believe that you're here. You know, all of a sudden, all the dreams and everything, all the hopes that you've had in the past are finally right here, right now. Go back to simply appreciating the fact that you're here rather than being overwhelmed by the fact. Just allow yourself to relax, take it all in, and have fun. It's amazing how many players I've worked with that when we start bringing fun back into their game, they start playing a better game. The fourth thing is breathe it all in, and I mean literally breathe. Not shallow breathing. Shallow breathing tells your body that you're in stress. It tells your mind that you're in stress. And there's dangers, as we talked about just a little bit ago, about being in stress where you can't think straight. Everything starts to slow down. 
and you cannot, your body doesn't move the same, you lose your flexibility. So long, slow breaths in through your nose, out through your mouth, so you can heighten the exhilaration when you need to, but also keep a clear head, which increases your chances of winning. And the fifth and final thing is you're going to make a mistake. It's going to happen sometime throughout the game. And the real test of any player is to be able to focus fast, to be able to get your head back in the game. So one of the things that you can always do, because the brain is a mind is a problem-solving machine, is when you start to lose focus, when you start to get worried and concerned about the last play, is ask yourself a question, and a very specific question around, you know, what are you going to do on this next play to make it your best play ever? Allow your mind to come forward with all the information that will tell you exactly what you need to do, as opposed to all the things that you've done wrong. You've prepared for this, you've prepared your mind, your body, your technique, your talent. Just visualize what you need to do, Think about that little boy back in Pop Warner and enjoy the game. Have fun. You deserve this. I'm cheering for all of you. How hard is that to do? When you've practiced it, it's not. So with all the guys that with all the guys you've talked to and stuff, I'm sure. Have you talked? I mean, have you worked with any guys that have made it to the Super Bowl or talked with any people like through all of these things? Not that are not n- none of the guys that I'm working with are currently in the Super right, Bowl. Right, working now. with now, but like you've come across people that have worked in absolutely. The, okay, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I'm not sure if you've talked to them or not, but it seems like it seems easy to say, and yeah, I mean, very very eloquently put. I mean, it seems like those steps, yes, and and it's I'm sure that that the coaches are trying to they're saying a semblance of the same thing. Right. Um, I. I urinate in my shorts. <laughs> I mean, you can prepare. Yes. I mean, I understand mm. the preparation, the ability to just turn your brain off and just play on the field during a normal game obviously is thrown out the window when there's the spectacle because the game is like an afterthought after two weeks. You know, I mean, because a lot of sports fans will just be like, oh, there's only three quarters left in football this year. Oh, there's only two quarters. Well, I do that at least. Um, granted, I will never experience what they're experiencing on the field so i have no scope of how difficult it is but it seems <laughs> unless you've been well, there before it seems impossible to just see it as another game and go through all of your steps except for the well, breathing it in part well here's the thing i mean it is obviously it's one of the biggest games ever period mm-hmm. <clears throat> so is there a heightened level of acceleration and anticipation and all of that absolutely and at the same time on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis, when somebody is practicing these steps so that they become part of their normal routine, then, you know, the guys I work with, they know there's a certain routine for when they're in the locker room in a home game and an away game. You know, there's certain routines they do the day before when they're in the hotel room, when they get done with their meetings and they have their team meal, they go back to their room oftentimes, take a nap, <clears throat> depending on the time of the game, and then the nerves start kicking in. You know, the bus ride over, for some of the guys, is difficult. Um, When the guys are going through the tunnel, again, whether you're an offensive guy or a defensive guy or special teams, that might be a different energy that you want to have. Some guys want to be pumped up. Sometimes guys want to be calmed down. I've gotten phone calls from the locker room 90 minutes before the game and just said, girl, give me my uproar speech, or I'm just cussing up a storm, you know, to one of my uh, defensive players because that's their language to themselves and they just need somebody else to say it to them or a text message from a bus, you know, headed over. So it, when you can work it as part of your routine, including standing for the national anthem where they can get all amped up and stuff because of 
where they are and everything going on around them, where they can get themselves grounded and back into the state mentally, physically, and emotionally that they want to be in and need to be in to play, that first play at their absolute best. Is it difficult? It can be. When it becomes a routine, it's a lot less difficult because it's part of their normal um, way of handling any football game that they're in. YourClearEdge.com, DebraDebris.com, backslash offer for a little offer on a book. Is that still happening? Yes. Um, averages in addiction. Uh, yeah, good stuff. We've got to take a break. On the other side, we will talk Cowboys, one of my favorite topics to talk about. Very intriguing. Um, you know, I don't like going to the circus, but I like talking about the Cowboys. I don't understand <laughs> why. Alex Clancy, Debra Debris in the studio. We will be back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Welcome back to Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. Alex Clancy, Deborah Debris in studio. Do not forget, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Search Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner, at Deborah underscore Debris for Deborah, at Kwame Lasseter for Kwame. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, 10 a.m. Mountain Time now, uh, 12 p.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Listen to us. We have to do high math to get through all the time zones, and then we're going to change time. Yeah, we're going to change we'll back. Be It'll be easier we'll be Pacific then. Pacific, and yeah, yeah, it's going to be earlier though. Who's which on I'm not first? a huge fan of. Yeah, um, bad traffic. Okay, we, but. We've talked NFL Super Bowl for the majority of the show. I do want to segue into a report that the Cowboys hire Scott Linehan, who's the offensive coordinator of uh, the Detroit Lions for the past four years uh, or five years. As the passing game coordinator. So Jerry Jones is not only making a circus of the Dallas Cowboys, he's making up offensive coaching positions. Not only is Jason Garrett not in charge of play calling, <laughs> but neither is the offensive coordinator when it, when, when it comes to pass plays. Bill Callahan coached, coached the Raiders, I believe, for a couple of years. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't his fault that the defense was awful last year. 
They average 26 uh, and change in points every game. I'm not or 27.4 points per game. 27.4. And now the the reins are being taken away from him for the passing game. I understand that Mr. Linehan has just exploited Matthew Stafford for all of his uh, offensive talents. They blew up on the Cowboys, which uh, I'm not exactly sure if that had anything to do with it. That was one of the most memorable games of last year. Um where the Lions came back uh, from, I think it was a two-touchdown two deficit, and um, Matthew Stafford jumps over the goal line with, with uh, a couple seconds to play. Des Bryant has his tirade on the sideline to Jason, to Jason Witten. I'm not sure if uh, Jerry Jones is trying to save face here. I, I mean, I believe that it's Jerry Jones, so who knows? This guy embarrassed us the most last year, so let's put him on our team. I won't fire anybody. But I'll add somebody else to the to the offensive to the offensive staff. If they want to do anything, get a better trainer and get another defensive coordinator. Uh, I'm not sure if the offense was the issue last year because it wasn't. Um, but I'm curious what Tony Romo thinks about all this. Well, Tony Romo is also involved in the play calling and the scheming, so they have like this brain trust of people. It doesn't make any sense to me. Have the coaches coach, have the players play. Give Tony Romo his ability to check out of things, even though it didn't work so well last year. Um, but th- this this seems to muddy the waters even more. I, I feel like you get rid of Bill Callahan or you keep him, and, and and you allow him to call the call and call the plays as the offensive coordinator. That's kind of his skill set as as a coordinator. Well, I'd be curious what it's like behind closed doors too, when you get all these offensive coaches, people, coordinators, whatever, in one room, is to who figures out what the play is going to be, and then somebody else gets to call the play, and who has the final word, who's the ultimate decision maker when it comes down to it, and what is, how does all that play out on the field? It's going to be a muddied mess. If their offense stays exactly the same, and they have a third of, of the injuries they had last year, I mean, they would have won the division this year. The defense let them down. They were the worst defense in the NFL. They gave up 623 yards to Detroit. Two weeks later, they gave up 625 yards to New Orleans. Those are astronomical numbers. Right, and that was switching out a defensive coordinator for another one, and that didn't work. Yeah, it's, it's not their fault that, I mean, they have a Pro Bowl middle linebacker if he stays healthy the whole year in Sean Lee. He plays so well that Morris Claiborne, who was hurt, who, who was, I think, number six overall a couple years back, or number eight overall. You can't blame anybody on the offensive side besides maybe Tony Romo. I mean, you can, you can blame Jason Garrett for his late-game play calls, or, or uh, Bill Callahan for that matter. You can blame Tony Romo for his decision-making when checking out of a play. But you, you can't blame the body of work of the Dallas Cowboys on the offensive side of the football last year. You just can't. They were prolific. They were so it, it, it was so exciting to watch them play. Des Bryant's coming into his own. Tony Romo is getting even better, even though he has to throw the ball 50 times a game. DeMarco Murray was their first 1,000-yard rusher since 2006. Their offense was good. Jason Witten is still Jason Witten. Something is missing. It has to do with the head coach. It has to do with the owner, who I believe wears you know, a ringleader 14, top hat. I feel like he hats. does behind, mm-hmm. yeah, behind closed doors. I feel like he dresses up like a ringleader. I, I, for some reason, I just see that. Well, and that's the curiosity of all the various coordinators and the head coach is, you know, how much are they able to do what they really want to do with the team as opposed to being told what to do, and then they have to be the puppet makers. Right, especially with Jerry Jones wearing a, wearing a suit on the sideline 
Just wear a well, sweatsuit with one his, time. And with his entourage. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's, yeah, it's ridiculous. And his post-game interviews, I know Kwame doesn't like that very much. Um, so we'll see what happens. I mean, there are always going to be the Cowboys. There's always going to be issues as long as Jerry Jones is the head, in my opinion. Um, on that note, we got to go. Uh, Kwame Lester, Sports Talk, Deborah Debris, YourClearEdge.com, DebraDebris.com, backslash offer, at Deborah underscore Debris, at Clancy's Corner for me. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. We will be back Thursday morning, 10 a.m. Mountain, 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern. See ya. It's been real. Thanks for tuning in this week. Join us every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.